pickaxe. Hey, Dr. K. Hey, I don't know what to call you. Oh, you can call me Yuna. Yuna, okay. Yeah. Awesome, Yuna. Are you, Hi. You, hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm really good. I'm so sorry I'm late. I think that's okay. It's not really? a big deal. Yeah. Okay. It gives me, I, I, you know, sometimes it's a weird, um, uh, it's sort of like a weird blessing in disguise because I get to actually hang out with chat for a little while, which can be a lot really? of fun. Yeah. You're so nice. I I literally woke up five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I slept through my alarm. Yeah, that happens. I'm sorry. That's okay. Are okay. you, are you, you seem really, really, um, and maybe embarrassed or something about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And how can I reassure you that you being late is really not a big deal? Oh, not. Oh, it, I, I believe you now. Okay. <laughs> um, I believe you. Okay, cool. So, uh, Yuna... If you, you know, if you need a minute to wake up, I don't know if you will, like want to grab a cup of coffee or something. You're oh, welcome I'm, to. I'm awake. No, I'm awake. <laughs> I'm awake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just a couple things. So sometimes we'll have a quick call with people before they come on stream just to outline yeah. that, like, you know, if there's anything that um, you don't want to talk about or anything you don't feel comfortable talking about, sometimes we'll give uh -huh. people an opportunity to set that boundary. I know that, you know, we didn't have that chance. So I just want to tell you if there's anything that you feel uncomfortable talking about, um, yeah. you know, you can just say so. If I ask you any question that you feel like is out of line, that's totally fine. Just let me know. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to try to pay attention to things that may maybe may may fee make you feel uncomfortable. And then yeah. I may ask you for permission to continue. And I may okay. even say, are you sure you want to continue talking about that? Because it seems like there's some emotions coming up or something like that. Is that OK? okay. Yeah, sounds good. Um, one other thing is that I'm it seems excited. like. OK, cool. What are you excited about? Talking to you. OK, what, what do you want to talk about? Oh, now I'm oh. nervous. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 my issues. Okay, what? what that's, <laughs> that's a scary word. I have, I have a lot of, I have a lot of issues. Okay, what are your issues? Uh, so many issues. Um. Oh, okay. Um. Uh. Um. I. Uh. I guess I'm a big workaholic. Okay. I don't have, I don't, I feel anxiety when, um, whenever I hang out with friends or family. Um, okay. That's, I, I would say that's like my number one issue. I feel, um, I feel guilty about, um, hanging out with friends and that's probably why I don't have any friends. Okay. Um, I think I also have, like, I can't really, um, I don't really do well in, like, a group setting, like a social okay. group setting. Okay. Um, so I get a lot of anxiety. Um, and insomnia. I'm a huge insomniac. I can't okay. sleep. Um, and that's, 
yeah, that's around. That's about it. Sounds like enough to me. That, <laughs> yeah. It's um, enough. S- sounds sounds actually pretty tough, you know. Um. Um. It's okay. It's all right. I deal with it. I've been dealing with it for a while. How long so. have you been dealing with it? Um. Since. Like college, okay. High school, high school, college. And can you tell me a little bit about what high school was like for you? Um, high school wasn't too bad. High school was just like um, I would say high school was pretty normal. Um, I got, I had a lot of time to work on my stuff I didn't really have any friends but um, I had one close friend um, but she kind of went a little crazy I guess because like her parents became like her parents are super religious and then um, she they kind of like she was like super cool with a lot of things and then her parents kind of took over her and like told her like is she um like listens to music or watches movies or you know does any of like those type of things um they'll like abandon her and then so like she yeah it was really extreme and then she so she and I stopped being friends um and then yeah that was the only thing that was like really like uh on during high school Wow, that's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. What's it like to lose your only friend to religious extremism? Um, it sucked. What sucked <laughs> it about was it? Ba- um, uh, well, because she was like the only person I could talk to about things. So, like, um, losing her, uh, kind of sucks a lot have you lost people before um yeah i had like i had another best friend um but she had to move because of visa reasons to japan back to japan and then when she moved she like never spoke to me again which was weird um but yeah and um, so can you help me understand? So it's, it seems like mm-hmm. you usually have maybe like very few friends that are very close. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what's your understanding of kind of how that happens? Um, I'm sorry. What do you mean? So when I think about high school, like uh-huh. I was not very popular by any means, but yeah. I, I had, you know, a little gang. And, oh, and I nice. think about, and I, I think that you know most people in high school have sort of a gang or a clique, and they certainly may have particular friends that they're very close to. But I'm not really hearing that you you really have a social circle like even in high school. No, no, I never never had one. Do you have a sense like did you have like a social circle like it when you were younger than high school like middle school? No, or? no, my my childhood was really bad. Like, what do you when mean by that? I was. So when I was in elementary school, um, 
So I was born uh, unlucky, kind of, in Korea. Um, so when you're close, when you're born close to the lunar year in Korea, your age um, is like plus two. It's weird. And okay. So then the kids get an option to go to school early. Um, so my parents wanted to decided that they wanted to like further my education faster. So sure. they put because life yeah, is a so race. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they put me to school early. Um, back then, um, Korea had like capital punishment. Um, so like. I couldn't uh, keep up with class because, you know, kids, if you're like back when you're a kid, like one or two years of difference makes like a big difference. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so I couldn't keep up with like homework. I couldn't keep up with like answers in class. Um, I was like the smallest out of all the kids. And so like whenever we would get something wrong, like multiple times, like the teachers would like bring us up and hit us with like a wooden stick um, in front of like all the kids. Um, but because like I couldn't keep up like 99% of the time, I was always like shown and um, hit. Oh no, oh no, okay, okay. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Um, so this is like first grade too. Hold on. <laughs> so you know how I said that there are going to be some things that may come up because we haven't talked about. Oh, this about is fine. That is fine. Yeah, because I talked about this like in the stream before, so this is fine. What are you feeling right now? Uh, that I'm sensitive. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, because I'm like tearing up a bit. Is being sensitive a bad thing? No, it's just annoying. <laughs> what's annoying about it? Because I start crying. And what's annoying about that? Um, because it's, I don't know. I guess there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with what? Uh, crying. Then why do you feel annoyed? What does that word mean, annoyed? Because I, I'm, I'm like, I'm a, like, I'm an easy crier. So like I, um, when I talk about emotional stuff, I tend to like cry. I I understand that you do that. <laughs> I see that you do that. What I'm curious about is your reaction to the crying. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, it's like it's not necessary. Why isn't it necessary? Um, because it's okay to cry. It's because well, it's okay to show your emotions. Yeah. So. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misunderstanding you here, you know, but what I'm sort of noticing is that you cry. Uh-huh. And then when I ask you about crying, you say it's annoying. Oh, yeah. 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 So so the annoying. So and then when you say it's OK to cry, like I'm a little bit confused because it seems like there's a part of you that. Feels sensitive or annoying or like maybe you're weak or something like that and you shouldn't cry. And there's a part of you that no, no, it's totally fine to cry. That's kind of oh, what I'm yeah. getting from you. I'm getting kind of mixed yeah. signals. Is that yeah. accurate? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I know this is going to sound weird, mm-hmm. but I think what we're going to try to teach you is that mm-hmm. you're okay. Okay. 
And the weird thing about that is that part of teaching you that you're okay doesn't mean just accept your, accepting yourself for crying. It mm-hmm. also means accepting yourself for being annoyed at crying. Oh, okay. Does that make sense or is that kind of weird? Yeah. So like it's it's weird, but if you feel judgment towards yourself, like, oh, I'm stupid. I shouldn't cry. I'm too sensitive. I mm. want you to voice those feelings too so we can learn how to sit with those as well. Okay. Because I, I think in a weird way, what you're doing is is you're doing to yourself what your teachers used to do to you. Yeah. You say yeah as if that makes sense. Can you explain that to us? Um. So, like, you're basically saying, like, um, punishing myself by making myself feel like it's not okay to cry or... Exactly. Um, is is that what you think you may do sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> okay. A lot. I think so, too. A lot. I, I think maybe being a workaholic has something to do with that, too. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So we could kind of go back to the story, but like, first of all, you know, mm-hmm. that's like, that sounds shocking and very difficult to go through as a child. Yeah. Cause, um, what would happen is like, you know how kids learn from adults. Yes. So like, you know, when, um, the teachers would like, you know, hit me, like the other kids, like during playtime or whatever, would just kind of gather up and hit me too. And so like, it kind of, um, so that was like my elementary school experience. And then like, um, um, and then my, my dad got a job in the US and we, I was taken away from like, like my parents didn't know about any of this cause I never told them. Um, and what's your understanding of why you never told them? Um, well, what would happen is like, my parents would be called to school um, and my teachers will tell my, my, my parents that I'm not doing so good and that I'm not very smart and I'm not, like, I'm kind of stupid. So like my parents um, decided to like put me through like arts, like direction of art because they thought I was like too dumb to get a real job. It. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, I, um, well, I don't know why I didn't tell them. I think I just thought that everything that I was doing was just wrong. So, like at that do you, time. Do you ever feel that way now? That sometimes your mind just kind of feels like everything you're doing is wrong? Um... Uh, in some ways, yeah, in some ways, yeah. Okay. So let's just put mm-hmm. a quick pin in that. We can maybe come back to that thought or that feeling later. Yeah. And so what happened when you moved to the U.S.? Um, it was really nice because, like, I was really shocked that, like, you can make mistakes and, like, teachers don't <laughs> <laughs> and, Like, other kids don't bully you and, like, that was not allowed and, um... It was really nice, but, you know, I had trouble making friends because of the language barrier and, um, but that's when I met, like, I became friends, like, with my Japanese friend and because she was also, um, she also came to the U.S. um, and we kind of, like, learned and hang out, hung out together. 
And then how how old were you when you moved to the U.S.? Eight. And how did you do in mm-hmm. school when you moved to the U.S.? Um, I was like, so I have like severe ADHD. So I was like, I did my best because like um, my parents didn't want me to get any like these. <laughs> um, so like I did all right, but I didn't get like straight A's all the time. Mm-hmm. What, what's your understanding of what your cat is doing right now? She loves me. Do, does she do that? Or does she oh, just come she's, she's, she cuddles. She wants cuddles 24-7. Okay. So this isn't, yeah. it's not like she's, she can tell you're suffering or anything and is coming over to um, TLC. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes she's timed really well. Okay. And I know, like, if I, whenever I leave to take out the trash, she starts crying, <laughs> like, yowling. Um, so I know she's very attached to me. Um, yeah. yeah. She's cute. She's really, really cute. She does seem very comfortable. Yeah. She, like, she, um, she likes to snuggle, like, right here when mm-hmm. I go to sleep. She's very cute. Awesome. Yeah. And so it sounds like you did okay in school, but your parents put some pressure on you, but you were generally relieved Mm -hmm. when you moved here. Yeah. Yeah. And then they they relief. And what was it like to have a friend? Oh, it's nice. Oh, it was really nice. I remember like, um, back when I was in South Korea, I had like one friend I was like, I managed to convince one friend to come over or like to convince a person to come over and play and hang out. And I had so much fun. And then when that person left, I cried so much during like that time. Cause it was like, cause, and then, so now I, when I had a friend who came over all the time, it was awesome. And when did your friend leave to Japan? Um, like in middle school, like like end of middle school, I would say like mid or end. I can't remember exactly. I think middle of middle school because I had another friend that I was really close to, but she also moved. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems like she your friends like, always leave you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that funny? No, I laugh when... I laugh. I laugh when I feel sad sometimes. Like it's like my yeah. go-to. Um, yeah, it's kind I of laugh weird. when I'm awkward. I laugh when I'm sad. Um, sometimes I laugh when I'm pissed off. I, it's like my go-to. Um, it's very protective, isn't it? Say yeah. What do you, so you know? What do you think about that sort of like growing up and having your friends like? Because here's here's kind of what I'm envisioning. So first of all, you know, you were taught early on that you suck, <laughs> right? Like that's that's what yeah. I'm hearing. Like your yeah. teachers used yeah. to like you were yeah. you were put into the situation <laughs> where like you were you know the deck is stacked against you, yeah. um, and and like it sounds really really hard, but you were taught this lesson, and I I, I didn't occurs to me that I was a little insensitive to say that, but honestly, that was the best way that I could encapsulate like what I imagine mm-hmm. a child like that feels like. Mm-hmm. 
um, where your teachers would like publicly shame you mm-hmm. and sort of t- tell you again and again and again that you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. And then furthermore, yeah. the other kids would be like, oh, she's the one who's not good enough and we're supposed to hit her. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and so you were taught that other children were like not people that you could connect with. Mm-hmm. And then you managed to find a friend, you know, a, another little awkward immigrant who maybe has language barriers and you can connect to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she leaves and then never talks to you again. <laughs> yep. And how did you feel? Like what thoughts went through your head when she left and not just when she left, but when she didn't? Well, I think back then, cause I'm, I'm like, I'm 30, I'm turning 31 really soon. So like back then it was hard to communicate outside of, cause like there wasn't social media. It was, there was only me email. Right. And you know, um, she didn't have like a number or cell, but she did give like me like her dad's email. Um, and I wrote her and stuff and like her address, but I just never got like a response back. So, um, I didn't really think much of it. I just thought, oh, she probably can't like, cause it's her dad email or, um, so it sounds to me like you attributed reasons to her not responding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And is there a part of you that sort of felt like, even though all that stuff may have been true, that she sort of didn't care to respond or didn't care enough about you? Um, I think like, I, I mean, I guess when I think about it now, it feels like that. I think back then I just kind of, cause I tried for like four years. <laughs> It's a long time. Um, yeah, so I didn't like. I don't. I don't know. I just. I didn't really think like she doesn't care about me. I just constantly think, oh, she probably just can't reach back for some reason. Okay. And so it sounds mm-hmm. like you made another friend in middle middle school. Yeah, I made another friend, and then but she actually also moved away <laughs> out of state. <laughs> And how did you um, feel about that? Do you remember? Uh, I thought, oh, crap. <laughs> um, I was sad about it, but, you know, I was like, oh, I can just I'll make another friend in high school. You then know? you made another friend in high school. Yeah, I did. I made a, another friend in high school. And she and I were really close. Were. Yeah, because she kind of just suddenly, like, became, because she was, like, her family was super religious, mm-hmm. but she herself was, she was still religious, but she wasn't fanatical, and then, like, she would hang out with me all the time, we would go watch movies, we would play games, we would um, listen to music, and, like, her parents, like, found out, and, like, told her, like, you know, if she continues to watch movies, mm-hmm. um, listen to music, then they'll like abandon her. You know, like, you know, the ostracize stuff- her. Yeah, like shun her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, this, yeah. Sounds, this sounds really crazy, but it seems like life conspires to take people away from you. Yeah. Oh, but I don't feel. Yeah. Yeah. 
I sometimes feel like that. That's weird. Is that just, are you just unlucky or what's going on? Like, how do we understand that? Um, Is it just a feeling? Like, how do you make sense? I have no idea. It just happens. Yeah. Do you feel lonely? Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, I have one, like, I have one really close friend now. So, like, I feel less lonely now because I feel like when I have one, like, all I need is, like, one close friend. Sure. And um, so now I feel, like, less lonely, I would say. Let me think about how to say this. I can see that you can survive with just one close friend. Yeah. (laughs) And at the same time, I think it's really sad when people can grow accustomed Mm -hmm. to being okay with the bare minimum of what they really deserve in life. It's actually one of the saddest things to me. Really? When people get used to it. Yeah. Oh. What do you think about that? So I should make more friends. Do you want more friends? I do have friends. Like I have, um, I do have like, but I have like one close friend and then I have like friends I can hit up sometimes. Now, because um, I made a lot of streamer friends. Um, So yeah, it's, but I feel also feel bad because I don't have time, a lot of time to hang out with a lot of them because I'm too busy working. Sure. Yeah. I Can I think for a second? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out where to go. Can mm-hmm. I just think out loud for a, a yeah, second and yeah. maybe you can, yeah. you can help me? So first is that like, you know, we can continue talking about your feelings and trying to explore where things come from and, you know, how you feel and what you think about stuff. You asked me an interesting question. You said, should I make more friends? And so that is what we, that's kind of like a problem solving sort of thing. So like, I, I don't always give people advice. I don't tell people that they should do X, Y, or Z because I mean, yeah. who am I to say? I mean, and my, my, my gut reaction to that answer is like, you know, it can be hard to have just one friend because life circumstances can take people away from you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's a part of me that sort of says you should diversify so that if someone uh, has something going on, then then like, you know, you're not stock friendless for a while and forming one connection. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's just sort of it's an intellectual answer. I don't know that you should make four friends. I think it's like that's a question for you to decide. Yeah. Um, I see. And then there are a couple of other things. So we can kind of continue talking about friends and stuff like that. We can switch sort of switch gears. But I, I think it's all going to come back to this because I think it didn't. I mean, I don't know why, but like it feels to me like you know, growing up the way that you did is going to significantly mm-hmm. give you social anxiety. Yeah. 
And, and so, you know, we can talk a little bit about what social anxiety feels like in the moment. What is it that mm-hmm. keeps you from making friends? What, why is it that you make sort of one friend at a time? Like, how does that happen? And why doesn't that number become two? And I suspect that that has something to do with the way that you interact with them, not the way that they interact with you. That you probably do certain things until you find a friend and then you stop doing those things. Because then like, you have a friend. What do you, like, what do you I'm, mean? I'm not sure. That's why we can oh, okay. kind of talk about that. Okay. So I'm because I'm, it is weird that like you, there's got to be a reason why you have one friend at a time, basically. Like that can't just be coincidence. It has to do, you know. Yeah. It, I'm going to sort of use a completely like different kind of random and maybe inappropriate example, but like you know sometimes I've worked with people who have a lot of affairs, and it's like mm-hmm. it's not a coincidence that they keep having affairs. It's like they're doing yeah. something to put themselves in a particular situation where they create a particular kind of social situation. And in your case, uh-huh. I, you know, I don't think it's just like, there's like just randomly one person that you can connect with. I think something happens about, you know, once you make a friend, you probably like either you start spending a lot of time with them. So you don't have time to make other friends or since that's enough for you, you stop eating because you feel full. Or not full, but you just don't feel hungry enough. I see. Yeah. What do you think about that? That's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Um, I think like, like for me, what happens is like, um, like I, like I put, like I work a lot because like mm-hmm. it's where I feel like the safest. Yep, we're and, gonna get to that in a second. Um, Good, I'm glad you realized that. Saved us <laughs> a lot of time. Yeah, and then like, um, and like I have, I think I choose to have one friend because like, um, with this friend, I don't feel anxiety when I hang out with him because he lets me work when I'm hanging out um so like I think I, I'm trying to figure out my reasons why like I only choose that one friend at a time um I think it's I don't know because I, I, I connect really well when I have like one close friend Cause I do have like other friends I can hit up. I think it's just that whenever I play games or I'm away from my work fully, I get really anxious to go back to working. So like, um, like I guess like my close friend understands that. So like when we hang out, I'm still working and he's totally cool with it. Um, I also find myself being really curious, Yuna, and this is definitely mm-hmm. a boundary that we don't have to talk about, but I'm really curious yeah. about your romantic relationships and if you've had them. Um, and that, that, you know, some people aren't comfortable talking about that. So I, I, I think it could be informative and our goal here is to help you understand yourself. And at the same time, I can imagine that you of all people would be quite private. So I want to steer clear of that if you don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I can talk about 
Uh, let me let me think. Let me think, think about it for a second. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess I don't. I don't know if I want to get into. Makes perfect sense. I think yeah. we have a lot of stuff, a lot of other things that we can talk about that'll be very mm -hmm. productive. Yeah. So let's talk about the anxiety of being a workaholic. Like, help me understand what you mean by anxiety when you're not working. Um, when I'm not working and I'm like doing something else, like playing games or socializing, I, I am like, I feel like I, I have this, like, I don't know why. I know it's not right, but I feel like I'm wasting time because I'm always, I'm like, oh, but I have to do this. If I, I can get this done or like, um, like, and then, but I don't actually actively think this. I just feel it. Mm -hmm. What um, do you feel? Like, <laughs> like impatience, like. You're um, pointing to your stomach. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, when you take a lot of caffeine, it, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's, um, I feel anxious. Like do you do you remember what you this is going to be kind of a weird shot in the dark but do you remember what did you know when you were growing up in korea that you were going to get called on and that you were going to get the answer wrong did you yeah. see it coming oh yeah do you remember Always. how you felt when you saw it coming scared <laughs> is that the way that you feel now when you feel anxious mm -hmm. yeah yeah, let's say, yeah. How similar is the feeling on a scale of one to 10? 10 being exactly the same, one being um, completely it's similar. Different. I would say it's similar. It's not exactly the same because back then it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 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 I, I think what I'm hearing is that the quality of the feeling mm -hmm. is the same. Mm -hmm. The intensity of the feeling is lower. Yeah, yeah. And the more you work the more the feeling goes away. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel safer when I'm working. Yep. And so I know this sounds kind of weird, but like, this is going to be a real stretch, okay? So mm -hmm. if it doesn't make sense, totally my fault. But I think the reason you're a workaholic is because that's the way that your body has learned how to avoid going up in front of the classroom and getting smacked with a stick. Um... I think like, I think that it's true, but I also feel like I'm a workaholic because I feel like all my worth is tied to my work for some reason. Yes. Yeah. That's not for some reason. It's the same. <laughs> I mean, so. Oh, so, okay, okay. Right. So like, let's think about yeah. this. What was your worth tied to when you were growing up? Me answering questions, right? Your performance, right? Yeah. yeah. And so you were taught that you were like not a good human being because your performance is bad. Yeah. And now like when your performance is bad, how do you feel, you know? Really, 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 really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and do you feel like you did when you were up front in front of a classroom and... Um, the quality is the same, like you were saying. Definitely not as um, intense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And at the same time, you you used a lot of reallys there. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? You're like, really, 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 really bad. You're right. That's true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I just never realized. I, it's just like, it's just like so many connections are being made. I didn't, I didn't realize it before. Um, what do I think about it? Um, you could just sit for a second makes, and process, but yeah, or, or you can say something, whatever you want to do. Um, it makes sense. Um, I would say um, it makes sense, and I guess it's not it's not necessary for me to feel that way. Sure, it is. What do you mean it's not necessary? Help me understand that. I I think I'm kind of getting confused. I think no. my mind is doing like like my mind is kind of getting confused. I think. What are you confused by? Um, I just said something that was kind of weird and contradictory. So I, if that's confusing you, that was the intention of my statement. Oh, no, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like how I feel about it, but I don't feel good about it. Feel good about what? Uh, I don't feel good about that. I um, punish myself for um, like right. not doing well. Yep. So remember when I said acceptance is not just saying it's okay to cry, it's also accepting what? Um, wait. Accepting that you judge yourself for crying. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I think you're doing the same thing here. Mm -hmm. Where you're not, you're judging, you're punishing yourself for whatever the reaction is. It doesn't, it sort of doesn't matter. Yeah. Even in this discussion, what I'm kind of hearing from you is that I think part of the reason that what you describe as confusion, and I can understand what feels like confusion. Now I'm really maybe confusing you, so apologies. But I think part of what's confusing is that like there, you're making revelations and you're also judging those revelations and telling yourself at the same time, oh, this should be different. Mm-hmm. Is that going on? Um, yeah, I would say so. And what are you saying about yourself that should be different? Tell us what should be different about you. Um, well, I, I feel like I should... Um, I, I guess I, just, I should just not feel that... I mean, I guess I should just not feel... Like I'm judging, like I, I shouldn't judge myself. Yep. But that in and of itself is you judging yourself for not judging yourself. Oh no, I don't know what to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's <laughs> the point. That's the point. No, no, no. You're good. Good, 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 good. That's what you do about it. Like you see, like it, it goes on forever. Yeah. You can judge yourself for not judging yourself for not judging yourself. You can judge, like you just keeps going on forever. 
Yeah. And so that's why that's why I'm pointing it out to you, because as long as you judge yourself, like as long as there's any kind of judgment towards yourself, it'll like it'll it's never going to work. It's actually the same thing that has put on a mask. But it's the same lack of acceptance and judgment towards yourself for not being good, good enough. And you see how quickly it moves. It's like, oh, you should be more accepting of yourself. How dare you be less accepting of yourself? You know, that's a judgment. Yeah. Right. And, and so so this is what happens is there's a part of your mind that when you feel kind of insecure, or anxious is mm-hmm. going to tell you, you know, you need to do better. Yeah. And even in this conversation, it's like it's telling you like, oh, you know, like you need to be less confusing. You need to like, you need to be able to listen and understand to what he's saying. Like you're going to be judging yourself constantly, whereas you're doing great. I can guarantee you if there's any communication problem in this conversation, it's totally on me because I can be really hard to talk to. What do you think about oh that? Oh my God, I just dropped. Um, no, you're awesome. I don't, I think you're really easy to talk to. Um, I think um, you're right. I shouldn't. <laughs> you no. shouldn't judge. Ah, 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 ah. You're doing it again. Oh my god. Okay, wait. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's really confusing. It's really confusing, um, right? So, so this yeah. way, the, like, I know it sounds weird, but at the very beginning, I said it's okay to judge yourself. So, wait. because okay, because if you if you say it's okay to judge yourself. You're not judging yourself for judging yourself. You're accepting yourself. Okay. I see. See, it's weird. Yeah. And it feels really foreign to you. Like, you don't know how to do that. You don't know how to yeah, accept yourself. Yeah, I don't yourself. know. That's <laughs> really weird. How do you do that? It's really confusing and it's hard. Trust me. Yeah. Right? Because as a kid, you were taught how to judge yourself. You were judged yeah. by your teachers. We haven't really touched on parents. So we'll probably steer clear of that because, but you're probably judged by your parents because all of our parents judge us. You know, you should do art because you're not smart enough, et cetera. <laughs> you know, and I mean, they, they wanted to do the best that they could for you. And they, yeah. you, know, you know, so they, their heart was in the right place. But sometimes, you know, that can still leave psychological imprints. Um, and so I, I know it sounds really, really weird to accept yourself. And I know it's going to be really, really confusing for you, but I think it's going to be like really, really transformative when you learn how to do it. Because then suddenly mm-hmm. you don't have to be a workaholic. The only friends that... Oh, I like being a workaholic. Yes, you do. So let's talk about it that. It feels nice. <laughs> what feels nice about I love being working. Work? What do you love about working? It's fun. <laughs> okay it's fun i love i it's like but my work is like my hobby as well mm-hmm. so um i love doing it and i get really proud when i what i get proud and of the stuff that i create at the same time i'm always i have a really severe imposter syndrome mm-hmm. so i'm like i'm proud of it but at the same time, I can't be. It's weird. Yep. It's like, it's like, because um, in my head, I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal because, you know, if I can do it, 
like why why is it that special because i i did it so it must not be that special because if i can do it anybody can do it um so i guess yeah i have i struggle with that a lot i have i struggle with a lot of like being proud of the things like i am proud like i tell myself that to be proud of it and to be happy with it but like i struggle with that a lot because um i don't actually feel it yep what do you feel um i don't feel anything <laughs> like i actually like as an like when i make something and i create something and i know it's good like in my head i know it's good because you know i get told that it's good but like i myself i tell it to myself but i don't feel um like oh this is awesome oh what i created was awesome um I tell it to myself. I don't feel it. I don't know how to explain it. Do that. you feel like it's bad? Or you just don't feel yeah. anything? Yeah, I feel like it's bad because I'm like, I shouldn't be so prideful because like, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I don't know. I keep telling, I keep pushing my, I keep putting myself down, honestly, like when I think about it, because I always say like, oh, I shouldn't be that proud because like, my code sucks. There's so many different ways to make this better. Like, you know, it's so messy. Um, you know, there's so many people that's way better than I am with like with coding. And, um, so like, why should I, like, I shouldn't feel proud of it. Cause it, at the end of the day, it kind of sucks. So I need to do better. I need to fix it. Um, I'm not doing enough. Um, all, all this stuff. Yeah. Right. Head. So here's what I'm hearing is that it's not good enough. Yeah. Right. Because Yuna isn't someone who is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so even though, so, so this is the tricky thing is that there's like eight year old Yuna or six year old Yuna or four year old Yuna or whenever you started school. And then there's almost 31 year old Yuna. Mm -hmm. An almost 31-year-old Yuna knows that what she puts out is good. But mm -hmm. inside, there's like six-year-old Yuna who like every time she does her best, what happens to her? Um, she gets like knocked. You know what's funny? I have ADHD, but I want to tell you a funny story. Please. Um, I'd love to so hear. So one time I found a wooden stick, like a like a big long one is I don't know how I found it. It was a big long stick that you, like it's the stick that you used to hit people with, right? Like the same ones that they used in the um, schools and stuff. I I found the stick and I was proud of finding the stick. And I brought it to school because to defend myself. And then instead my teacher took the stick and used that stick to punish me for like the the, the rest of that was like her favorite stick. Um, so yeah, it feels like, it feels like, um, I don't know why I've segued it to that story. I, um, I just, when you told me like, how do I feel about me getting hit? Um, like excuse to yourself, like me getting hit, like, like I, I just, that, that one was like the most shocking, like, 
Yeah, I think that your mind is not ADHD there. I think that is forming a really important connection. That is actually exactly what we're talking about. Because I want to mm-hmm. tell you, I'm going to interpret that story for you in a way that, I mean, I sometimes, it just blows my mind. So what that story tells me is when Yuna tries to do something good in life, what happens? When she tries to take control. It gets turned around. Like, right? So like every time you tell yourself, I'm doing a good job now. This is good. I should be proud of this. Inside is the girl who's like, we tried to take control. We tried to move forward. We tried to get better. And we got beat. Yeah. Like, it's like, like, that's, that's the most important story you've shared because it's the story that taught you that you can't, you can't change your life. Yeah. It's one thing to have your life against you. It's another thing to try to change it and be like beat with that stick for the rest of elementary school. Yep. (laughs) So like when you tell yourself that like, hey, I'm I'm a good person now. I make content that's good. I should be proud of this code. That's you picking up the stick again. Mm-hmm. And then there's a part of you that's like, uh-uh. We've been down that road before. It does not end well. Yeah. Who are you to pick up that stick? You better just leave it on the ground. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. No. So what I want you to say is I'm sorry for crying and it's okay for me to be apologetic for something that I shouldn't be apologizing for. You just cry. Just, just sit. (laughs) You want a tissue or something? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to get one. Sorry. Let's see if she figures this out. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna stand up for a second. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so okay. before <laughs> it's just it's just a failure. So before before um, we had our interview, you know, I was telling you I like to connect with Twitch chat. So someone yeah. asked a, a question in chat: What should you do when someone starts crying? And then I was telling them that you have to learn how to sit with it. And then someone in chat was like, can you stand with it? And I was like, yes, you can stand with it. <laughs> anyway, it's just a little, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, so what, what are you feeling now? What was, why'd you start crying? Um, um, I felt sad and then I felt embarrassed and then I felt, <laughs> and then I felt, um, when I said sorry, I felt bad about that. <laughs> and then I felt, so I need to say sorry again. And then I felt bad about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a whole cycle. Yeah. And what are you feeling now? Um, um, uh giggly <laughs> yeah right so 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 i think i think uh, so you you know you asked me earlier what do i do about that and this is exactly what you do about it 
Lavender? You kind of like, huh? Yes, absolutely. Oh. Right. Right. So like you sort of like recognize the absurdity of it. Mm-hmm. And then all you can do is sort of laugh. Mm-hmm. You don't fight yeah. against it. You don't try to change. You're just like, oh, look at how crazy that is. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and, and, and that's actually the first step. So there's a there's a funny kind of tradition in yeah. Zen Buddhism that when Zen Buddhist masters become enlightened, the first thing that they do is laugh. Yeah. And it's because they realize that all this work that they were doing was never necessary. Yeah. And so as best as you can, just kind of notice it. And and just be like, okay, like, because at some point, I think something magical happens when you stop apologizing and judging yourself is you wind up laughing. You're like, well, nothing I can do about that. Lol. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then what happens is I know it sounds kind of weird, but like over time, as you learn how to do that and the things that you're and then what's going to happen is the judgment is going to start to melt away. Mm-hmm. As you learn how to like, you're accepting it because you're saying, oh, yeah, you're not trying to change anything. You're just sort of saying like, OK, like that's ridiculous. Like that's not going to go anywhere. Well, and then you yeah. move on with the rest of your day. And every time you do that, every time you become aware of the cycle, the cycle actually starts to break apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's the cycle that I think is really causing you a lot of suffering. And it's a cycle that you've been doing for a long time sounds like you know 20 plus years um the other thing you know is that you know a lot of times we'll talk for a while like Mm -hmm. we would be sort of like a little bit past the halfway point but i'm noticing that you've actually made i think you've discovered a lot in a very short amount of time yeah and so i'm going to do something a little bit unorthodox which is i'm going to give you the option to sort of stop here Like if you feel like this is enough for you to kind of process and it's not like I want you to pick one or the other because I still have a lot of things. I mean, you said earlier that, you know, you feel the safest when you're working and that's just that's just too juicy for me. Like, (laughs) you know, uh, like I have to ask you about safety and all that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I'm still super curious about. I think there's a lot to learn. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I'm noticing that you've been through a lot and you've kind of discovered a lot in like a relatively short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And and I want to give you the chance to kind of just put a pa- hit the pause button and kind of process and work through that. And then maybe like we can revisit down the road. What do you think? Keep going or? Um, I want to talk more for some reason. Yeah. It feels Go nice. It. Okay. Tell what do you want to <laughs> yeah. talk about? Um, I feel as safe as when I'm working. Okay. <laughs> <Let's talk> about- <laughs> so tell me, tell me about what, what, tell me about feeling safe while you're working. Um, I think, I think it's just, I think I feel safe in the marking because I feel like, um, I'm progressing every time I work, it's like, oh, I'm progressing and I'm get I'm doing, um, it's helping in some way. And then, um, every time I'm not working, I'm like, I feel like all my stuff that I worked on, like, it's like falling apart because I'm not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, and I always like, I'm like, and I always am like, oh, because I spent these two hours hanging out with my friends, now my, now, uh, I'm less ahead than I would have been if I spent those two hours 
working. Mm-hmm. And I know it's wrong. And so I correct myself in my brain, but I have like the. Why I is keep, it wrong? Um, because it should be to- it's totally fine for you to hang out with your friends. Is it though? Oh, it's not? I don't know. I mean, I'm you're confused. saying that. No, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm genuinely trying to understand what, what you think. Um, like, cause it, I mean, every time you hang out with your friends, you're, you're falling behind. I thought like you could be yeah. working. Yeah. It's like, it's like logically, I know like it's totally okay to hang out with your friends, but like, my negative spiral cut, like my negative thoughts always like kind of like, like go in and then I start. And then I, I always feel like that weird feeling in my stomach. And then, um, and then like once I've got, once I'm back working, once I'm back progressing, then I feel like better. And I have this issue like with, um, not just friends, but with family too, where like, um, like I feel bad about spending time with family. Like I, I want to, like, I always have this desire when I'm working, oh, I want to spend time with my family. I want to spend time with my family. And then when I, when it gets to the spending time with my family, I start feeling like all oh, that again. And then I'm not, I'm no longer like there paying attention, you know, and I'm just like, I need to work. And it's like, it's really weird because like in my mind, I'm like, oh no, I shouldn't feel this way. I, it's not right. But like, I can't help feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I get rid of that. It, it, it sounds really like you're kind of stuck. Like if you work, then you're kind of missing out on your family. But even if you try to spend time with your family, your mind automatically goes to work and doesn't even let you enjoy time with your mm-hmm. family. Yeah, that's the same type of thing I feel with friends as well. Like, um, You mentioned no. guilty earlier when you were hanging out with friends. Is that what you mean by guilty? Um, guilty. Guilt is like when you feel like you're when you did something wrong, right? And then you feel bad yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I think so. I, I was just a feeling. How do you feel when you hang out with your friends? Um, anxiety, wanting to go back to work. Um, also well, feeling like um, I'm not doing, I'm not doing a good job performing <laughs> as a as friend a likeable, per, likeable person as a friend as a caring person um yeah i judge myself a lot i'm noticing yeah you do yeah why do you think that is um because i always feel like i'm not good enough yeah, right. So so then then the question becomes why why do you feel like you're not good enough? I think this is like patterns of my life. Probably. Which ones? Help us understand that. Um, you know, the things with that happened in childhood. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when like even when I like made friends, they left without it being our faults at all. Yep. Like we never got into fight or with circumstances. And then um, also like with my with the past work that I had like in career as well. Um, they always kind of made me feel like I wasn't good enough, even when I did a good job. And um, I think one of the, uh, I think one of the biggest reasons as well is also like, um, I guess, I had some relationships that made me not feel um, good enough to, sure. since I, I was like, I did have a relationship when, where I was cheated on. And that was like, not cool, I guess. Sure. Um, I can imagine that, I, I know, um, You'd expressed a you know boundary there, so I'm gonna just try to infer yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah. Just because and you shared something, can I just workplace? Yeah, no, go, go for it. Sorry. Oh, uh, workplace stuff as well. Whenever I outperformed, I was like, I had a, in my opinion, man, I don't know if I should go into this either because, um. I think I would just go very simply. Like whenever I outperformed at work, mm-hmm. um, whenever you picked up the was, stick, there was never. I don't know. Like it was. I don't know if I should go into like how sure. I was treated in my last job. I, I want you to think in my really, last few jobs. We're gonna pause for a second. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the really important things about these conversations is that they're supposed to be on balance for your benefit. And so I certainly don't want you to share anything that could negatively impact your life in some way. Yeah. 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 So if you want to maintain relationships with people. So I wouldn't talk about that if that's a concern that you have. Yeah. I think we've got plenty. So let me, I can try to infer a couple of things. Okay. So one is that you know, and when it comes to a romantic relationship and getting cheated on, I can imagine that that would feed this cycle that you have of your head telling you you're doing good enough and it's not your fault. And then some of the business down here telling you like, like I can imagine, like, cause you talk about this conflict that you have where like up here, you tell yourself it's enough. I can hang out with my friends. I do a good job. I should be proud of what I do. And then like in here and then in your stomach, You've got these other feelings that are like, no, it's not good enough. Like you're not actually doing a good job. Like anyone could do this. And I can imagine that your romantic relationships feed that fire of your head telling you one thing and then your stomach telling you something else. Yeah. And so you feel safe when you work. (laughs) Working is nice. (laughs) Yeah. Feels nice to work. <laughs> what feels nice about it? Um, I'm doing the, I'm doing something that I love. Um, mm-hmm. 
I also feel like, like if I, for some reason in my head, like I also have like this, these thoughts of like, I can't depend on other people, but I can, I, I know like I can, like, I think I have like control issues when it comes like, I can control my work. I can make it good. Um, you don't have control issues. You don't know um, how to trust people because all of your friends have abandoned you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't mean yes. to be like too blunt about it, but like, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I think when you say control issues, what I think that probably means is that you have you feel like you need to have be in control of every little thing with your work. Is that what you mean by control issues? Oh, actually, no, no, oh. actually, no. Actually, Missed you're out. right. It's not. It's not really a control issue. I think what you what you said was more okay. Correct. It's more that I feel safe in my work because like don't never leave i guess mm-hmm. um and also like i just can depend on it because it's just me myself i guess mm-hmm. and um like i can depend on the fact that if i do like if i work hard then i can make something awesome um and like it'll be there for me and then um yeah i guess that and then with like people it's like um i i guess i don't think you can depend on them to be there for you yeah i think that's like the feelings like that i think yeah i mean I, i thought you said something pretty profound when you said your work will be there for you yeah. <laughs> right? Sounds very safe to me. Yeah, I like working. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you a quick question. So, Yuna, you said earlier that you it feels good to talk. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if I should ask you more questions or share, like, maybe a little bit of a hypothesis or try to explain to you what I'm hearing. What do you think would be better? Oh, I want, I would love, I would love to hear your thoughts. Okay. So I think it's tricky because <laughs> I, I think you're one of these people who genuinely enjoys their work and finds it gratifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it is doing things for your psychology that I think are holding you back. So the mind does this a lot where like we'll find one thing that works for us and then we'll do it to excess and then actually like hurt ourselves in the process. Like, for example, I like playing video games. And if I'm not careful, I really genuinely love video games. Like, I think they're so much fun and I really enjoy playing them. And but if I'm not careful, what I like about video games is if I have a hard day at work. I can play a game and have some fun and relax, get some dopamine, spend time with my friends. And it's like a genuinely like positive and fun experience. Mm -hmm. And I can also use video games as an escape. Yeah. Right. I can start to rely on them to like turn away from some of the things that I don't like about my life. 
And I'm hearing sort of the same thing from you about your work, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of genuine pride. There's a lot mm-hmm. of genuine fun that mm-hmm. a lot of times when you work, it doesn't even feel like work, Yeah, which is awesome. And you're lucky and you're grateful and all that good stuff. And at the same time, work is a safe place that allows you to not face certain things because Mm -hmm. those things are painful. What do you think? Um, Yeah, I agree. So what's painful outside of work? What feels unsafe outside of work? Like, you mean like my feelings? Sure. Um, you, I guess what is it's it? like, hmm? um, I would say the feelings I feel and the negative thoughts that I get. Um, I would feel, I would say that that feels unsafe. Are there particular thoughts that you have outside? Like, so like I'm envisioning a particular day where, you know, maybe someone messages you and they're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, do you want to hang out? And then in this, in your mind or in yourself, in your whole being, you have this little war where there are some thoughts and feelings that are telling you one thing. And then what happens is you're like, no, 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 I'm going to work instead. And then like everything kind of calms down and you feel safe. So yeah. what was it that scared you back to work in that moment? Um, I usually think whenever someone asks me, like, hey, do you want to hang out? I go to my, I go to like my work first. I'm like, oh, I really do want to hang out, but I have to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. If I don't do these things, then I'm going to feel bad about it. And I know that when I'm hanging out, I'm just going to be thinking about those things to do. And feeling bad about it. And then so, but then like in principle or like logically, I'm like, but I should hang out because it's good for me. Um, I guess because like the feelings that I get, I don't want to, even though in my mind, I'm like, you should. Can I think for a second? Yeah. I'm going to drink some water, too. Yeah, water. Okay, you know, this is going to sound weird. Okay. Maybe a little bit unsatisfying. Okay. But unfortunately, I actually have an answer for you. Okay. So I think I know, like, how to fix this. I say this rarely because usually things are complicated and I usually am wrong. But Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just because you've been really, really open. You shared that story Mm -hmm. like really early. Like, I think you've been incredibly authentic. Um, I think you're also incredibly insightful. And even your subconscious mind is like working to solve these puzzles for you. Like you came up Mm -hmm. with that story about the stick that you picked up, which I think is like the best story to help us understand what that feeling is. Like when you try to rise up and you say to life, no, I'm not going to take the shit that you give me. Life is like, "Uh uh-uh, sit the fuck down. (laughs) Right? Like when you get a friend, your friend is like, adios, I'm going to Japan and you can try to contact me for four years and you'll never hear from me. (laughs) And oh, you have another friend and it turns out that their parents are religious fanatics and they can't see you anymore because you listen to music together. Yeah. How dare you, Yuda? 
Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's the story. And so it makes sense. It makes perfect sense to me that you have the feelings that you have, mm-hmm. that you carry around this idea that you're not good enough, that work mm-hmm. feels safe because you can rely on it because it's a computer and not a human being that's going to <laughs> abandon you. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, like, I, I get that it feels safe. Mm-hmm. And I get that, like, there's a logical part of you because, and I, we're going to try a couple of interesting extra meditation exercises in a second. Okay. But I think basically what I see is that you have these negative feelings and you're being controlled by them. And by controlled by them, I don't mean that like you're crippled with depression. What I mean is that you'll do anything to avoid those negative feelings. Mm -hmm. And you try to push them down through logic. You try to convince yourself. You tell yourself, oh, I should go hang out with these people. And when you go hang out with those people, then those feelings come up. And then like you can't even benefit from hanging out with people. And so the like if you go hang out with people, the feelings are going to come up, right? So the only way you can get rid of the feelings is to workaholic. Yeah. And there are going to be other things that I think also get rid of the feelings, which oddly enough is going to be like really judgmental towards yourself. I think they actually make the feelings go down, which I know sounds weird. What do you think about that? That's interesting. I would like to know. So when you beat yourself up, what happens to the feeling in your stomach? When I beat myself up? I'm not sure. What do you mean? I know it sounds weird. We'll, we'll explore that down the road. But anyway, okay. let's not worry about that for now. Oh, okay. So the main thing, though, is that when you work, it calms down the feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are so many things that you do to calm down those feelings. And those are the things that make it hard for you to live life. Does that make sense? Like you, you, yeah. you, you exclude portions of your life because spending time with your friends and family brings those feelings up. Yeah. So it's the avoidance of that feeling that keeps you from living life because you can live life with the feelings or you could forget about life and be a workaholic and then you don't have to worry about the feelings. Yeah. So oddly enough, your answer is very simple. You have to just learn how to sit with those feelings and accept them. See, if you can tolerate that feeling, it no longer needs to control you. I see. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to try to evoke those feelings in you. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. And we're going to teach you how to sit with them. And I'm going to teach you a meditative practice that will like help you work through them. And I, okay. I, I suppose I should ask for permission first because I said I'm going to do this thing, but I don't know if you really want to yeah, do this. Yeah. You want, yeah. You, okay. Yeah. I assumed you were, but at the same time, you seem a little bit like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 That's what I saw in your eyes there for a second. <laughs> what do you, what, how are you feeling? I'm curious. Okay. Sit up straight. You can cross your legs if you want to. Can you sit cross-legged? Uh, I'm good like this. Okay. Wait, do I, I like, like this? Like, yeah, you can sit, just your back should be straight. Oh, okay. Like this. Uh, That feels, do you mean like the, the, this thing? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, my feet are going to (laughs) show. Okay. I guess that's, I I don't know what the significance of that is. No, because 
<laughs> because the TOS says you can't show feet. Oh, the oh, TOS says you can't. Another thing. You can't oh show feet God. on Twitch? I have TOS PTSD. Okay, I don't know about any of that, but if the TOS says you can't show feet, then don't show your feet. Wait, um, okay. can I talk to you about this? I have sure. this real PTSD. <laughs> Recent PTSD. TOS PTSD. This is the first time I've ever I, heard of TO. They didn't teach me about this at Harvard Medical School. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think another big, I think, okay, so like, I've been banned on this platform three times. Okay. And um, so this, I'll talk about the second and the third bands. Okay. Um, because it's I it's legit. It's a legit. <laughs> I dream about it. Um, I dream about this, but like, okay, so the first ban was because I had this feature. I programmed this feature that I thought was funny, where I said a dollar for a D. So when someone sends me a dollar a letter D will pop up on my virtual character's phone. And um, I thought it was, I thought it was a funny joke because, you know, like you get the joke, right? Dr. K. I, 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 the dollar for D meaning a dollar for Dick. Okay. So like, so like the, the joke is like, cause dollar for D is like, um, it's in, it's like kind of it's funny because like you think it's like a dick pic, but it's just a letter D that pops up in your phone, okay. and it's like, haha, it's funny. Anyway, anyways, it was supposed to be like a funny joke thing, um, but I got banned for that, and the reasons was that I was soliciting pornography, and um, soliciting that, pornography. Mm-hmm. That was uh, their reason. You got something on your lip, maybe. Can't tell. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Um, I was soliciting pornography. And then... Um, yeah, that one That one really, like... Like... Because, um, like... That one, that one, I think, really, like... Messed with my brain, because... I was, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I was soliciting pornography with the joke. I thought I was soliciting a joke. Um, but I think like in my mind, it just, okay, so my third band, I'll talk about my third band. Um, my third band was because, um, so I had I do this interview type podcast. I bring up the streamer in my world, and we talk about things. And one of the topics that we wanted to get into and talk about was sexual harassment towards female streamers. And she told me she collects emails and messages, and she has it in the folder. And she, she you know, she shares it on her stream. And I asked her if we can show it on my stream and she was like she was totally okay with it because we were on the topic and I wanted to talk about female sexual harassment because I thought it was, I think it's an important topic 
Um, so she sends me a screenshot. I pull it up. I read it. We discuss it. She sends me another one. I pull it up. I read it. We discuss it. Unfortunately, that second screenshot had the person's first and last name and email on it. Mm. And that's what got me banned. Um, and like, I was, I couldn't figure out what it was because when I got banned, um, like I couldn't figure out why I got banned when I, like when I got banned because um, in my mind, like I didn't do anything wrong. Um, but then when people, when I was told what happened, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because like at when I was showing the screenshot, I never thought, oh, this is like a real person and I'm doxing a real person. Sure. You know, in my mind, I think it's a hate mail. It's not, it's obviously using like a username alias. Like that's, that's kind of the thoughts I have in my head. Right. And, um, but I guess I think like that whole experience of getting banned three times when I myself didn't see myself as a toxic streamer, like, but it feels like it feels like because I got banned three times, like I must be a toxic streamer, like I must be um not wanted on the platform. And I think it kind of just reiterates like my pattern, I guess, of like I try really, really hard on something and you get punished for it. And I get punished for it. And like I have, I have PTSD from it because I dream about it. Because like the last dream I had, it's kind of funny. The last dream I had, I wanted to get pizza, and I had a pizza flyer, and I showed my chat the pizza flyer, unbeknownst that the owner's first and last name and number was on the pizza flyer. <laughs> and then I showed it to chat, and I got banned for it, <laughs> and I well, was so upset in my dream. So, so, you know, I have to be honest with you. So first of all, you know, just so, so people sad. are aware. Okay. So I don't even know what to do with this, but let me just, let me give this okay. a shot. Okay. First okay. is I, 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 I've never heard of TOS PTSD before, but sure as hell sounds like a thing. Um, you know, it's interesting because when we look at the features of PTSD, hypervigilance and nightmares are actually two parts of it. Like they're two uh -huh. parts of the diagnostic criteria. So I, I think, you know, you know, we toss around the word PTSD a lot or the phrase. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I think, you know, I haven't sort of said this yet, but <laughs> it's not so bizarre that you're talking about TOS PTSD. <laughs> but, if, you know, you may actually I don't know if you see a mental health professional, but like depending on what's going on here, like you may actually want to get evaluated because yeah. in the event that you actually have because I mean, you seem to be saying I really have PTSD over this. And I know it sounds kind of absurd, but that, you know, just the little parts that you've mentioned you know, do make me think that it's warrant it's it warrants getting an actual evaluation. I've never heard of something like this before. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, there are treatments if you have real PTSD. Yeah. And, and if you're if you like think about it a lot and it's kind of intrusive in the nature of its thoughts, if you have nightmares about it and, and things like that, like. I know it sounds it's, so bizarre. It's that, so oh, silly. I know it no. sounds so silly. But and, uh, yeah, 
Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's just, I feel like it's so silly because like, like, like the pizza flyer story. Like if I, if I talk about it, it's funny. Like it is a funny story. Like why would you dream about that? But like, so it kind of also makes me feel, um, it just makes me feel really silly and yeah, so you know, I, I want you, you to, stupid. I, I want again. you to really hear what I'm saying because you feel yeah. silly and stupid, and this is the first time during the conversation where I'm telling you that this could be a real thing that warrants actual mental health treatment. Okay. Right. So I'm telling you, like, I know it sounds bizarre. I mean, it sounds bizarre even to me, but the, yeah. the whole. So one of the actually interesting hallmarks of my clinical experience of working with PTSD is that frequently people think that things are silly or stupid to the outside world, but it affects them in a really profound way, yeah. right? And, and the most simple example I can think of is like people in abusive relationships where mm -hmm. they're like, oh, you know, it's like, I know this is silly and stupid. I feel so dumb, but my partner hits me every time, you know, I don't make the food right. It's, I just, yeah. I'm so stupid. It's so silly. And that's like actually what they'll say. And and so I, I know it sounds bizarre, but this is the kind of thing where, first of all, I'm a little bit deer in the headlights because I, I don't quite know. I have to think about that for a little bit. Uh -huh. I feel like it's a whole other can of worms. Um, I, I do see what you're saying in terms of like there's a common theme here about you trying to assert yourself in some way and you kind of get punished for it. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, it does make sense to me that you got banned if you accidentally, sure, it's an yeah. accident. And this is also where like, we have to be a little bit careful because you have this complex within you that sort of thinks that you're not good enough. And this is just, and it can take advantage, or it can use this TOS kind of stuff is like fuel for its, you know, like energy for beating you up and judging you yeah. yourself. And at the same time, um, you know, I, I think that part of understanding the appropriateness of the ban is in recognizing that the reason that you're not banned, or the reason you were banned is not because you're a toxic streamer, or I mean, arguably that could be viewed as toxic. It sounds to me like it was a genuine mistake yeah. that Twitch appropriately sort of says, this is not acceptable behavior and you need to be super, super careful about this. Yeah. So this is also where from a behavioral standpoint, I kind of think about especially temporary bans is, is, and I don't really know because I don't talk to Twitch and maybe I'll feel differently, you know, inevitably, I guess it's not what one day I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk out. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not wearing socks or shoes right now. I wear flip-flops. And so if I leave the room, I guess my feet are going to be visible. No, that's fine. That's okay. It's unless they interpret it as being sexual, but like most people won't. Okay, so I'm, I'm it's not. Only, I, it's only when it's interpreted as being sexual that when it gets. So, I, I mean, this is another discussion. I guess I'll have to ask our account manager. But like, so I'm Indian uh -huh. and I sit in yoga postures. And as part yeah. of my culture, we do not wear sh shoes or socks really in the house. Like Indian people go barefoot a lot. Yeah, you're and, fine as long as it's not in, being interpreted as being sexual. Let's so if I sit in a yoga posture, like Badmasan, which is the lotus posture, which Buddha sits uh -huh. in, is meditating and you can see his feet and all the statues about Buddha. Do you think that's something I can get banned for? You know, but if you were a sexy, hot lady that was like, <laughs> you know, that had a lot of booba and... Um, booba means boobs? 
Yeah. Okay. If you're a sexy hot lady with boobs, maybe. Like that was fun. <laughs> it's inter it's all about interpretation. Like Okay. I mean yeah. I, I you know, I, I get it because you gotta keep the coomers at bay, but um, you know, I, I was just okay. Thank you for educating me because I, you know, I, I sit cross-legged on stream. I mean, like I'm sitting cross-legged without socks on right now. It's just yeah. can't see them. Yeah. But okay, so so it's just I guess it's about the sexuality of it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the sexuality and, of it. Uh, and I mean, I was advocating that you sit cross-legged, not out of any sexuality, but just no, because no, of I know, the same I know. reason that I sit cross-legged, yeah, just because yeah. I think it's a good meditative posture. No, I know. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm going to have to think about this TOS PTSD thing. <laughs> Can I have some time to process? Like, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, meme yeah. about it. Yeah. It's just I'm, like... I just. It's just so silly. Like, I don't even think... I don't know. I, I have... Like, for example, like when you were telling me to get mental health checkup for PTSD, the, my first thought went to, will I get banned for that? Because then, you know, will Twitch see me as like a legal threat? And would I get banned for that? No, Twitch is actually very supportive of, of streamers like taking care of their mental health. Okay. Because so like, then what if I, they see me as like a legal threat or something? Okay, so this is where oh, like my, I can't I can't speak for mind. Twitch, but but you you know we have a we work like my healthy is, gamer works with Twitch yeah. because Twitch actually cares about your mental health, and so mm -hmm. we like literally have a program where Twitch will provide you with coaching through Healthy Gamer. So if okay. you want to work with one of our coaches who works specifically on issues like imposter syndrome, burnout. And now like I have a meeting with all of our creator coaches today. Yeah. So these are coaches who work specifically with streamers and content yeah. creators. So yeah. you can sign up for that program and actually like Twitch is paying for it. So they care about your mental health, like very genuinely. Like I'm not, I'm not saying this because it's an advertisement for them. I'm saying because like they're oh, yeah. actually, yeah. you know, they seem to care about it and they're working with us and in our experience, which is like really positive. And now with our, in our meeting with our coaches today, I'm going to bring up TOS PTSD and ask them to talk to their clients about, do you guys have PTSD over being banned? Because it sounds like it could be like a common issue actually. Mm -hmm. And if so, we'll try it, to figure out what to do about it. I think my issue with it is that like, it just keeps on making these weird, silly things in my brain like, for example, when I when like, oh, like, can I get banned now? Because if I seek mental health, um, like stuff for it, does that make me like a legal? Like, you know how that those connections are kind of silly, but like I make them. Yeah. So so I think that's a, it's a reasonable connection, though. So when it comes to getting mental health treatment, this is what I would yeah. advocate is that like, you know, that's a private thing. Mm -hmm. So like you sh like when I say that. You know, and there are particular bounds even around this conversation that like there are a lot of things that if I was actually your therapist, I think would be really important to discuss. Yeah. Such as diagnostic criteria for PTSD. I would evaluate for that. I, I, you know, other things would be like really digging into romantic relationships because that sounds important to me. But like here in a public discussion about anxiety and some of the things that yeah. happen in your mind, that's not really appropriate. Yeah. Um. I don't think that they're going to think you're a threat. In fact, I think it's sort of like you're taking care of your health, right? Being, yeah. you know, 
I really don't think so. I haven't gotten, I mean, I can't speak for Twitch, but generally speaking, the response that I've gotten from them is overwhelmingly positive and supportive. That they okay. recognize that you guys deal with a lot of hard stuff and they're actually going out of their way to support content creators on the platform. That's been my mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Um, I also know that like Twitch even provides discounts for therapy and some so something that my account manager sent me. So you have some information there, which you can talk to your account manager about. But um, so I think they actually do a fair amount. Cool. And I can't imagine that they would punish people for, you know, they're like trying to provide you like trying to. Oh, no, me saying that was more of me telling you that I think it's silly that I. Oh, I see. That's the example of an irrational thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was trying. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so it was just like these irrational thoughts always pop up in my head, even when I'm streaming, um, even when I'm like making content, all these irrational thoughts just pop up and make weird connections. And it's been like one of the biggest things that's been kind of holding me back from like who I was before um, when I perform on Twitch. And it's something that I've been like really frustrated with. Can I think of, can I just process mm-hmm. for a second? Yeah. I'm going to use a restroom real fast. Okay. Don't show your feet. <laughs> ah, ah. Oh, my. So, chat, is any anyone else a little bit offended on my behalf that I won't get banned for showing my feet because apparently I'm not sexy enough? Um, one second, sorry. One second. Okay. Uh, one second, one second, one second, one second. One second. Just turn off your camera wait, to just wait, be safe. one second. Uh, I can't hear you now. Apparently, I'm not sexy enough, chat. My mic's still working, though. <laughs> no, I mean, it's weird, right? I, I guess... I guess Coomers will coom to anything. <laughs> I, I I don't I, I really don't I don't understand this at all. But okay. I mean gotta live and learn. And one of the best educational tools on the internet is the banhammer. If you guys haven't, you know. I still don't entirely understand what a coomer is, by the way. Yeah, so, you know, at some point we could talk about lust. Like, I, I don't mean like, I mean, because it's, you know, to step back from the memes, but to be all, you know, serious, like the satisfaction of desires and exploring lust and and sort of managing some of the, your feelings, whether it be lust for food, lust for um, more sexual things. Important topics. 
Very important. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, welcome back. Hey. So, um, I, I, I'm gonna have to think about some of the stuff more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, I think there's something really important that you just said about who you were before and the thoughts that you have that keep you from being yourself. Like, it's almost like they, you know, it sounds like they're very intrusive and kind of disruptive and dominating in terms of like affecting you. It's not just mm -hmm. a thought that comes and goes. It's like you're trying to live your life. And then this thought comes in and it kind of really disrupts your your joy yeah. and your tranquility. I also feel like. I also feel like a bit like I don't have control over my work as well anymore, because um, in a way, because sometimes I work really hard and then I'm like, oh, but like, I'm probably going to get banned. So like, why am I trying? Like, I, I have these irrational thoughts that are like always kind of like pop up. And I think it's just kind of, it's like, it's just been a pattern of my life. And it's like, it's like What's whenever I, it's like whenever I take control of something and do really well on something, I get knocked down. And, and like, um, it's just, it's like, it's, I recognize like that it was like completely my mistake, even if it was an accident, but I just, for some reason, I always get myself into these situations, even if it's an accident, even if I don't mean to do it, that always just kind of like happens. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think this is really a different topic because I, mm -hmm. I know this sounds kind of weird, but so I, I want to. So I, I think that there are some weird principles from spirituality about getting yourself in, into situations and then also yeah. learning. So they're learning how to not get into those situations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I know this sounds weird. Like we're, we're kind of, we tend to take a pretty, like we've taken a pretty psychological approach today in terms of these patterns and what you think about yourself and not being good enough. But I think there are also other dimensions that you can work mm. on this. Yeah. Like in terms of cultivating the right kind of Shakti or energy, that's mm -hmm. S-H-A-K-T-I, which is the Sanskrit word for energy. And there's certain practices that you can do, certain things that you can do that sort of cultivate a particular kind of energy. And it's not really scientific, really, at all. But um, I do find that taking that sort of approach about, you know, what am I sort of putting out into the world and being very, like, thoughtful and careful about that can actually help people. But that's a different dimension. So I think that that's a discussion about how do you avoid getting yourself into those situations, which I think you can absolutely avoid doing. Now, that's the big caveat there is that you don't really control, um, you know, you can't really control what the outside world does. You can't control what Twitch chat does. You can't control what Twitch does. But there are certainly ways of cultivating particular things and sort of yeah. setting yourself up for success. That's kind of one angle. The second angle is sort of helping you deal with who I am, who you were before and what how these thoughts have really shattered that. How can we help you find a place of like p 
peace and tranquility where you've learned from your mistakes. You're going to be careful about not making them again. And also, like, those mistakes haven't shattered who you used to be. Because what I'm really hearing is that they've really remapped the way that you think about situations and the way that, like, you exist in the world, which sounds very devastating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? Um, they, they as in, like, the situations that happened in my past. The right? thoughts, I yeah. would say, really. The thoughts yeah. that are intrusive. The thoughts, yeah. Um... I'm hearing that you can't be yourself anymore. Yeah, I... I think, like... Um... I think it's just that I get to... I get influenced too easily by outside situations that's, like, like for example, like I have hard time recovering from things that shouldn't be that big of a deal, I guess. Okay. If that so, makes sense. Sure, it makes a lot of sense. So here here's what I'm gonna say at this point. So you know, I think we uncovered a really, really important mm-hmm. understanding of a little bit about how you yeah. work, especially yeah. in like the first hour of the conversation. And I feel like we're opening up a couple of doors and I'm a little bit hesitant because I feel like there's a lot of like there's some important lessons, which I'd really like to drive home with you yeah. so that you can start to make progress with like spending time with your friends and family. Yeah. And if it's okay with you, I'll table everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And teach you a little bit of meditation. Yeah. I don't mean to say that this stuff isn't important. It really does sound important, but I think like, let's, mm-hmm. let's try to work yeah. on one problem at a time. I told you I have so many issues. <laughs> you did. I have so oh. many issues. <laughs> Oddly enough, I, I think a lot of your issues are related. This PTSD TOS stuff sounds different to me though. I think that's related though, because it's, I have like, I think I have, more PT. I think I have PTSD from it because of situations that happened in my past. Like, okay. Cause, cause the thing is, is that I think it's the whole, like, it's the whole, like, I, cause I work so hard on my stream. Mm-hmm. Like it's my entire life. Literally the things that I've created is literally like my entire life. And it's something that I thought I finally had control over. And you know, the dollar for D thing, I could never, I, I just, I just could not foresee that one. And like, I just, in my mind, I just could not foresee like that a letter D would be, it would equate to pornography as me selling pornography. Like it just, I just, I still, to this day, I still have, I still have trouble making those links. Um, and like, I think it's just, that these so like in my mind that situation wasn't really in my control like in my mind that's kind of how I see it how how I saw it and um I work like my stream is my life and I put so much into it um and now I'm already on my third band and I feel like it's 
I just feel like, you know, again, this book is probably going to be taken away from, from me. Um, and so that's severe, like, worry and that's severe, like, um, just anxiety. Um, I think that's what's causing I don't even know if it's PTSD. I'll, like, I just have dreams about getting banned a lot um, in different situations I didn't mean. Um, it, it's always like I do something that I completely didn't realize that I was doing at mm-hmm. the time. And then and then hindsight, they, they tell me, oh, like the pizza flyer thing. Oh, you had the owner's first and last name and number on there. But um and so I, I, I think it's just that it's just like a pattern of my of my life that I've been dealing with where I even with something that I feel like I had complete control over and was doing really well in um, can be just taken away from me and will probably be taken away from me considering all the things that happened. Sounds like it's almost inevitable. <laughs> well, that's why I convinced myself, which is bad, but um, that's just kind of what I convinced myself. I like what you did there. What? <laughs> so you said, that's what I convinced myself of, and it's bad. Yeah. yeah. You didn't say, I shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? I don't know if you were thinking it, but just right there, you sort of just stated what you felt without judging yourself for feeling it. Yeah. Which I think is progress. But I'm also seeing that this is like very, feels really, really important to you. And I'm, I'm getting a sense of, you know, the train is coming down the tracks and you're kind of stuck on the tracks kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That no matter what you do, that this is going to happen. It's just like, a, it's just a pattern, you know, it's just, I, even like now when I feel like I'm doing really well and I'm in my mind, I'm like in my brain, I'm like, oh, I think I'm, I'm successful or not successful, but it, I think I'm doing really well. Um, I tell myself I shouldn't enjoy it because it's going to hurt too much when it's like ripped from me yeah it's hard to live life where your two choices are (laughs) to try to protect yourself and forego living or to enjoy yourself and be punished for it yeah Sounds really tough, you know. I just, I kind of just, I don't know. I, in my mind, I just kind of justify it as like, oh, it's good because you shouldn't be that successful. <laughs> I don't know. My my brain works in a weird way. My yeah, brain is a weird place. <laughs> I know it, it looks weird and contradictory, yeah. but one of the things I've come to appreciate about our minds is that they're actually quite logical. They just have their own system of logic, which sometimes we can't see. 
So I'm going to ask you in the last few minutes that we have, do you want to continue talking or would you rather learn meditation? Um, uh, what is your recommendation, Mr. Dr. K? My recommendation would be that you learn meditation. But okay. what I'm picking up from you is that you still have a lot more to say. So I think ultimately I just, it's I have it's so many time. issues. <laughs> So, so this is where I, you know, I kind of say this and sometimes people think that I'm doing this as kind of a disclaimer or whatever, but I, I really think, uh, you know, you could, you should either sign up for our yeah. content creator coaching program or, yeah. um, and, or go see a mental health professional and just sort of get yeah. evaluated and, yeah. and they may be able to help you with social anxiety or PTSD or, or things like that, um, and, and, you know, I say this as a psychiatrist, like I, I, you know, I think it would be very appropriate for someone like you to come into my office and say, hey, here's what I'm concerned about. And like, yeah. I think it's very reasonable and an appropriate thing to explore about whether this is, you know, really PTSD or not. Yeah. Um, and in terms of meditation, I mean, I, I think that meditation is good because I, I'd like to teach you a practice to learn how mm -hmm. to sit with yourself and especially yeah. sit with those negative emotions so that you don't have to work on them. But I'm sort of feeling like now it's kind of artificial. But what? I mean, the meditation. But anyway, it's, it's OK. But so if you really want to learn, I'm happy to teach you. Wait, why is it artificial? I felt like it was a lot more appropriate before we opened this other thing up. And it feels um, a little bit distant to me from the current topic of conversation. That's all. I see. Um, but it is still like the same type of pattern. Sa that, same pattern. Right? Same, same thing. Okay. So sit up straight. Okay. Okay. So what do you, f close your eyes for a second. Okay. Okay. And what do you feel in your body? <laughs> hunger. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I just realized I'm hungry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, really hungry. Okay. okay. So, so, okay. Then, you know, we're going to, we're going to not do this. Okay. Okay. So okay. this Sorry. is, this, no, no, there's nothing to apologize for. I actually so, didn't eat breakfast and now I'm yep, just like, I, yep. I sit up straight and then I'm like, oh wait, I'm really hungry. Yeah. So I, I want this to be a really, really important lesson that, that I want people to take away. So meditation is wonderful. It's great. All that good stuff. I'm a big fan mm -hmm. of it. There's science that suggests it helps with PTSD. It helps with anxiety. And also sometimes it's not the right time to meditate. Yeah. <laughs> And if you get really, really sleepy when you meditate, if you're really, really hungry, rather yeah. than, I know it's kind of ironic because what we're trying, what I was about to try to teach you how to do is to, you know, sit with some of the feelings that you've got instead of giving into them. Oddly yeah. enough, I think you should just go and eat something. <laughs> and, and, and like, like, honestly, like just like do what your body and your mind sometimes tells you, like you have to learn how to resist some of it. And some of it, you just gotta, you just gotta eat something. You know, because you woke up, this has been intense. You've been at this for two hours. You've been crying off and on, exploring a lot of stuff. It's very energy intensive. So I'd say just go eat. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. 
No, it's fine. I feel like I I feel like I ruined this interview. Let me be very careful with my language. You I had an expectation and a hope, which you Uh have thrown a wrench in. And one of the most is that bad? Yes. Oh. But there's a big but. So this is the other really important thing that I think it's really important for you to learn, Yuna, is that it's okay to ruin stuff, right? Like this is the big lesson that you've got to learn is like, if your stream (laughs) is not perfect, it's okay. If you say Uh something and you're with your family, like if you go and hang out with your family and you feel like you're distracted by stream and work and stuff like that, that's okay. So what I want you to do is learn how to be okay. Like with, I mean, you didn't like the interview was incredibly productive. I think it was incredibly educational and all of the important things that we needed to accomplish. I think we accomplished. Mm -hmm. I had this other expectation because I had a really good meditation technique, but I just don't think sometimes, sometimes it's just, it's not going to work, which is fine, right? Mm -hmm. That's life. And that's an important lesson that we have to learn how to let go of our expectations And then like the second time this rolls around, we'll do it again and then we'll teach you meditation. So remember that life is going to send you some things on its timeline and like you just have to respect that. And if you're hungry, genuinely speaking from the bottom of my heart to someone who's been teaching meditation for almost 20 years, I'd say you need to go eat. Okay. 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 Thank you. Are you judging yourself? No, I was, I'm just, uh, yeah. Good. (laughs) Then then you've made me happy and you've made the interview worthwhile. Yay. Okay. (laughs) So best of luck to you. As I understand, um, I may actually wind up on your show sometime. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. That'd be so fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, so I don't know what to expect, but I I think I'm, we're going to, you know, do it the other way around. It'll be really fun. I'm okay, excited. great. Um, okay, cool. So thank you so much for coming on. Take care of yourself. And then, you know, let us know if we can kind of support you. If you want info about the coaching program, just let us know. Okay. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really wish you all the best. I think, I think uh, you know, you can be way happier. Y- you can You can get back to where you were. I, I don't, I think you can learn how to overcome this like thing that you have inside you. And I think you've actually mm-hmm. made good progress today. So best of luck. Okay. Thank you, Dr. K. You're most welcome. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs>